You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. I am Ricky. As always, I'm here with my man Fletch. And today, it is an honor for me to introduce you to my friend, somebody who has really influenced me and pushes me to be better at networking. And I love learning from him. And I know you guys are going to learn a lot too. Mr. Sandro Mark Charles, founder and owner of Gladiator Excellence. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing excellent, Ricky. I'm, I couldn't be any better than I am right this minute. <laughs> That's what I love awesome. to hear. Awesome. We're so happy you joined us, man. You're kind of uh, infamous in our uh, B&I circle. And uh, <laughs> I know this this podcast isn't about B&I, but uh, you know, it comes up quite a bit. But uh, yeah, man, you're uh, everybody knows you. And so we're super excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm really, really happy to be here. It is our pleasure, my man. We start every episode with a couple of fun icebreakers just to, you know, break the ice. And do you want to start it off, Fletch? Let's rock and roll. Yeah, let's do this. So if you had to forget everything you've built, everything you've done, go back to when you were a little one and be a professional athlete. And with that, an Olympic athlete, what would be your sport? Hmm. Ping pong. Nice. Those guys are savages. Those guys just boom, boom, everywhere. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Wow. Good choice. That's a good choice. I enjoy playing ping pong. Is ping ping pong winter games or summer games? I don't know. It's inside. Does it matter? I don't think it matters. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. It doesn't matter. Although now I'm starting to just notice the trend that most people pick sports that are summer games. And so I'm kind of looking for more winter games, people. And we'll find them at some point. So I'm just curious. I'm just curious. That's all. I'm just wondering how many people are, are going being a ping pong is not a sport. I, I'm sure the people are there. An athlete, a sport. That's look, that's what that's it. Ping pong. So I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> my my sport was curling. Oh, that's okay. that's really kind of like that's ping different. pong, more of a game than a sport, right? Yep, yep. I agree. Yep. Uh, I'd have been a wrestler. Yeah, I'd have been a wrestler. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good I to love know. Wrestling. I love grappling and it's yeah. I wish I could have gone back. Okay, good to know. Don't make uh don't make Sean mad. Good. Let me make enough for myself. Got it. <laughs> Okay, and I always like to ask everybody and want to get to know, what is the most recent app that you've downloaded on your phone? The most recent app I downloaded on my phone is an app called Clay. Ironically, it is a networking app. It's basically a networking CRM. And I'll talk later on about what I use, but I've been using my regular CRM to keep track of my networking partners and conversations. But there's an app that I'm, I'm testing it right now. So I'm not recommending it, everybody. I'm not recommending it until I test it. But it's an app that's designed for keeping track of your networking conversations, your networking partners that has reminders in there, uh, follow-ups, things that I'm doing now within my CRM. But I felt I wanted something that was separate. So that, that's the last one. So like separate play. from your business CRM. Exactly. Separate from my business CRM. It works. The business CRM works, but I it's I keep the marketing separate from the CRM. And really, when you're talking about networking, that is part of marketing. And so I felt I wanted something that was specialized in that area. It pulls 
every the person's LinkedIn contacts, wherever it finds their information, it pulls all of that, their background, and the wow. CRM doesn't do that automatically. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's next level, man. I like it. This. I'm already it is, excited. Huh? You're already getting me going here. <laughs> I'll I let you I, know. I'll let you know I, how it turns out. I think we're scheduled to have a hangout in the next couple of weeks. So I'm hoping maybe your research will be done by then and let me know how that goes. Okay. When I research something, <laughs> I, I put it through the grinder. I will let you know how it goes for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, man, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, kind of gets us started. We want to know who is Sandro, you know, uh, okay. who are you? What do you do? You know, uh, tell us so we can, you know, the audience and us can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Uh, well, how much time we got in an hour? We got an hour. So, uh, you know. Okay. So before I was born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll try to do the quicker version. Um, I'm born and raised in Queens, New York. I'm the second of four boys. Um, was in New York until right at the right about eighth grade or so. My family is from the island of Haiti. Uh, my first language is actually French. I spoke French until I was about six. And I learned to speak English by watching Sesame Street, which, Ricky, by the way, is why my voice sounds like Kermit the Frog. That's the, the whole reason. Thank God there was no Elmo at the time. So I, I ended up going into the Army for a short time and afterwards moved to Texas. Stayed in Texas for 25 years, got my whole family to leave New York, which was a goal of mine since I was 12 years old. Uh, it was right after I was mugged. I was, it was not the first time I was mugged, but I was pissed off. And I said, I'm going to get my family out of this godforsaken state. I remember that. It took me nine years. Um, when I was 21, finally got everybody to Texas, stayed there for about 25 years. I, I got into sales when I was in Texas because I had heard that sales is the highest paid profession. Have either of you ever heard this, this statement? Yeah. 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 Sales is the highest paid profession. By the way, do you know what the lowest paid profession is? No. Either of you? Sean, no. you want me to address you as Sean or Fletch? Because I noticed Ricky calls you Fletch. Or is you that just Fletch. for yeah. him? No, no, no. Everybody calls me Fletch, but my name is Sean. So Okay, I'll, I'll work on, on Fletch. Okay, so no answer to either one of you. Okay, the lowest paid profession is also sales. So <laughs> <laughs> that see, was the part I, I did going. not yeah. know originally. So I, I had no idea, but I found out the hard way. <laughs> Growing up, I was extremely, extremely introverted. I had a speech impediment because I was so anxious and introverted that I didn't talk. So when I did, I mumbled. So people didn't generally understand what I said. Um, and I didn't really actually enjoy talking to people. So here's a guy with a speech impediment, didn't really enjoy talking to people and very introverted. And I got into sales. Good job. All right. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> you like to lean into, uh, into your difficulties. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. That was it. No, that wasn't it. At all. I was trying to make some money is what I was trying to do. But I was terrible. I was terrible at it in the beginning. I ate a lot of ramen noodles. I mean, a man, a lot of ramen noodles. Sometimes I didn't die from the amount of sodium I took in. I started to spend time around people that were better than me. I went to seminars. I read a lot of books. And by the way, probably one of the most influential books I've ever read as far as personal development is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That was the second self-improvement book I ever read. And when I read it, I went, oh, I understand now. I was doing everything exactly the opposite of what was in that book. I said, I was doing everything wrong. That's why I don't have friends. But that influenced me. And I just, I spent time around people that were better than me. And eventually I learned sales. I got better and I started uh, training salespeople. I became an independent sales trainer and I started traveling around the country. 
And in 2007, I started my own sales training and development company. And my goal was to work with several companies. I was already writing sales manuals, but I had one particular company that kind of grabbed onto me and started to, they asked me to travel around the world. And for a while, I actually didn't even have a home. I rented a garage. I put my car in there, put all my stuff. I traveled. I spent time in a lot of time in Japan, Germany, England, the island of Guam, Hawaii. And when they learned I could speak Spanish, uh, Mexico. Uh, so I went all over and I really developed the love for education. Uh, and Sean, I mean, uh, Ricky knows me, so he he, um, he knows that I'm I'm big on education. In 2012, I had to stop traveling. So I, I, it was a family challenge, family issue, but I couldn't travel anymore. I was traveling about 50% of the time. So that meant 50% of my income went away right away. But I, I didn't have a choice. I had to stop traveling. So I started looking for something that could supplement that income. And that's when I found the, the world of credit card processing. The technology had been around for a while, but I found a company. I'm, not, I'm a big tech person, by the way, as you can see by the different <laughs> apps and stuff. I'm, don't get me started. We'll be here three hours just talking about one thing. There was a company that had developed a technology. And get this. I make sure you guys are sitting down and hold on to your hats because they might come off. This company had figured out how to get people or allow people to process credit cards using their cell phone. <laughs> this was 2012. So no one had heard of Square at the time. And my largest sales training client, all their folks were remote around the country. And they were using a manual thing they call a knuckle buster, which is that manual machine that imprints the card. I don't oh, know man. if you guys even old enough yeah. to know what that is. Oh, yeah. But that's how they were doing it. And so my very first client was a $15 million company because now they could do everything digitally. And I grew from there. Eventually, I realized that I enjoyed working with restaurants quite a bit. And so I started turning my attention there. When I moved to Oregon in uh, 2019 to Portland, uh, at that point, my sales training part of my company, I was trying to, I was, I was basically downsizing the sales training part because I really enjoyed to working with, with business owners more than salespeople. And in 2019, I, I cut it off entirely. So I say, I'm not doing the sales training part. It's going to be entirely working with business people. And I was focusing on medical practices and restaurants. But when the pandemic hit and I saw how fast restaurants started shutting down, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, I know there was one almost across from where I was living that didn't last three months and it, it concerned me. And, and I'll tell you why that I, I chose to work with restaurants. One, they need the help. But two, when I grew up, I was, I was very poor growing up. It was my mom and four boys. My dad left when I was around six. And we didn't go out to eat because we didn't have money. They didn't take food stamps at the restaurants. Imagine that. But I have an uncle who was doing better financially, and he, his name is Uncle Jeff. Uh, in French, we'd call him Monogjofoy, which is my uncle Jeffrey. Uh, he would take us to dinner from time to time. He'd just take us out to a restaurant. And that was a big treat for us. And so I started to associate restaurant visits as an act of love. So I became emotionally attached to restaurants, although I didn't realize this until many, many years later. Every time I'd see a restaurant go out of business when I was in Houston, it bothered me emotionally. And I didn't know why until many years later, I just, I realized what happened. So when I started seeing these restaurants shut down, I did a deep dive and saw that they, they operate first of all on a 5% profit margin. That's <clears> it. <throat> you as a customer, you spend five hundred dollars the restaurant owner gets $5 of that. It doesn't really seem fair. 
but then the all the other expenses they have they eat into that especially online ordering online ordering is 20 to 30% of what of what the order is so DoorDash Grubhub all the others they take 20 to 30% so when the pandemic came that's how everybody was ordering and restaurants don't really make a profit on online ordering they make almost no profit so now the greater majority of your orders are online that's what ended up happening mm -hmm. So I had some solutions for this. And I said, I'm going to focus my business entirely on working at restaurants. And I began doing that and consulting with them. Uh, and so I provide restaurant solutions that actually increase the profit margins of restaurants. And a lot of my clients experience um, their profit margins being doubled. And I do that here in Oregon, but I also mostly, most of my clients are remote. So I work with clients kind of across the country. And so that brings me to here. And that's why Ricky and I were connected because of his connection with working with uh, with bars. That's awesome. That's yeah, so awesome. I hope that answers the question. Probably a little bit more than that. <laughs> I don't no. know you to do anything than be thorough. So Okay, cool. But, no, you know, I think you know, whatever it can fit, it'll come out in editing, right? <laughs> nah, we like to leave everything in. That way everybody gets oh. the whole feel. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that part. Can I go, can I start <laughs> over? <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it, it goes to, it really paints a picture of how you've, you've done a great job painting that picture of kind of where you've come from and like the struggle and, and, and why things are connected to each other. You've really built that picture. So I appreciate you sharing that. I guess it, you, you talked about restaurants and what they mean to you. And, but I guess it's hard for me to, to connect the dots when okay. we're talking about in the networking world, because I know you as a networker, right? I know you okay. as being in a huge, big chapter, knowing everybody, know, do all these things, right? But one thing I don't see a lot of in our networking groups is restaurant owners, you mm -hmm. know, bar owners. We don't see a lot of those folks. No, you're right. Um, and so I'd love to, you know, how you've really hear hear a little bit more about how you've been able to really do this, you know, you're networking, you're, you're you know, building relationships seemingly without a, a visible and obvious connection to what you do, right? Okay, that's a really, really good question. And I, I hope the answer helps people out there because the answer is understanding what networking is. So I've been business networking for between 10 and 11 years. I've only been in BNI for just a little over two years, but I, I've actually studied networking. And when you get into a network, your goal is not to do business with the individuals in that network. Sure, that can happen, but that's not your goal. And you both know this. I already know that. Some people don't. They go to a network, a networking event, and they start passing their cards out to everybody, and they're trying to sell the people right there. The goal is to connect with people who know the people that you want to connect with. That's a much, much grander reach. I listened to an old BNI podcast this morning. and it's, I think we're in the 800-something. This podcast is like 200-something. And it there was someone they had on there that put numbers to the number of people in the room. If you have 24 people in your room and you figure those 24 people are connected to 100 people each, and I really hope I do the math on this right, but I, I, is that like 2,400 people, I believe, that's connected? That's who you want to meet. And so the fact that there aren't really very many VNI chapters that have restaurant owners in it have, has not phased me. It wasn't even something I was looking for. When I joined a, cha a BNI chapter, I knew what I was doing. I was I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of clients in Texas that are in BNI, and I have visited chapters. I subbed for some people when they had their feature presentation. If they were a client, I'd go support them. I couldn't join because of the same family issue I mentioned. I couldn't commit to the time. But when I moved to Portland, 
I knew exactly what I was looking for. I, I made a list and I went to nine different chapters looking for specifics. And one of those specifics was looking for business to business people. I do business with businesses. I want to meet people that also do business with businesses. So the fact that none of them were actual restaurants, it, it was okay. I wasn't even looking for that. That wouldn't, that never factored into my, my decision on joining a network. I'm just looking for the people that know the people that were that own restaurants. And so that's been able to work. The other thing I'll, I'll share is I mentioned that I do business across the country. BNI has been a big part of that. Before joining BNI and before the pandemic, about 50% of my business was remote, about 50 and a half. I've actually been using Zoom for a little over 10 years. I know it's new to a lot of people, but I've been using it for about 10 years. When I got here and I started working with, uh, when I joined BNI, it was during the pandemic. And so the whole thing about Zoom, and for people who are not in BNI, I, a lot of networking organizations, if they wanted to stick around, they switched to online. So this is this is not BNI specific, but I I because I have clients in other areas. What I would do is I would go and visit remotely BNI chapters that were in the same areas as my clients, and I would get to know some of the members in those in those areas. And when my, I connect with my client, I'm speaking with them, we're talking, I'm listening for cues on what they need. For example, there was uh, someone who had a new restaurant client in Rhode Island, and he needed a printer for his menu. See, it was a brand new restaurant. And so that was a cue I was listening for. I didn't even know somebody in a Rhode Island chapter, but then I just went and I searched and you can even do this on LinkedIn to find people. I searched for a printer in Rhode Island near where my client's restaurant was to make it convenient. Then I have a one-to-one -one or a one-on-one -on -one and meet with them, get to know them just a little bit. And now I feel comfortable referring to my client. So I become a benefit to my client because this is not something that this is way outside of what I normally would do for the client, but they appreciate the effort. And I also become a benefit to the person I referred as well as their chapter, because you can better believe they're going to tell their chapter about it. If it's BNI, I'll actually go visit the chapter first and then connect with the person. Uh, so that's helped me tremendously. Uh, and it's taken me places that I didn't expect to go, like Rhode Island, a little small, like a little, a little small state that if you're naming all 50, that's one of them you might leave out. I'm sorry, Rhode Island. If you're out there, I'm if, if, if the one person that lives in Rhode Island is actually listening to this, I'm so I didn't mean to offend you or anything like that. But it, it's put me in spots where I didn't I wasn't expected to be to to go. I didn't think I would be. So it's, it's helped me a lot in my business. That's fantastic, man. No, I appreciate that you sharing that because it's a. Uh... Sounds like you've done a lot of research and and you you've been you know learning this for a long time, but I would say it takes some faith in yourself and your abilities and and you know and a plan to do to really go in like this. You know, when I joined, you know, a networking group, I didn't think you know I just was there to meet people and hope that this this whole thing would work. Mm -hmm. I started digging in and learning more, and I've gotten better and better over you know the last couple of years, um, and I still have a long ways to go. Um, this podcast is is a huge resource for me. I feel a little lucky to be on it. But you know, it 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 takes a little bit of faith to believe in the process to really dive all, all in. And uh you've not only dove dove, dove all in, not the word I was looking for, but not only just dove, dove completely in, but you've kind of, I don't know, been a, a, a someone to to kind of create their own path too, to kind of build off of what the found work 
the foundation, the the framework of what BNI is. It seems like it seems like you've really taken it a, ne a next step further. I'm terrible today. Sorry, guys. but it's but it's not even just BNI. I mean, this guy is sitting here and telling everybody how introverted he is, but I don't really know him to be introverted. I and you're telling me you want to tell everybody how introverted you are, but you just listed all the countries that you have traveled to for work where you don't know anybody. You went to Texas with your family. I'm guessing you probably didn't know a lot of people when you're except for your family when you moved there. And I know when you came to Oregon, you didn't know anybody. And now, you know, people all over the place in the Portland area. I just think I just want to point that out for people who think, oh, I'm introverted. I don't think I could go out and network and meet people. And I couldn't be in the sales highest paid career. Like you are a testament to that not being true. I appreciate that. And you know what? I actually want to speak to the introverts out there because I know I'm very aware. My wife tells me, she said, you, you can't tell people you're an introvert anymore. The, the, here's the thing. One, you graduated. You're no longer. Is, <laughs> well, well, see, here's a challenge. One, there's actually nothing wrong with being an introvert. And I didn't, I I didn't mean it that either. way. Just so, no, just, no, no, no. Yeah. But okay. I want to make sure because people that are introverted might think there's something wrong because I did. I thought there was something wrong with being an introvert. And I knew that I was different from some other people. I didn't know what it was, but all it means is that I gained my energy by being alone. I need time to, to that's how I get my energy. My preference is to be alone and, and I'm more detail-oriented. I, I, I like one-to-one -one interactions better, but I saw people doing things that were what you would expect an extrovert to do. So I kind of forced myself to do some of those things. I do wish I had more knowledge on what it really means to be an introvert and how to lean into your, your strengths, like, like um, Fletch said earlier. I know now because I've studied that as well. But I want to speak to the introverts that are out there that are networking or new to networking. You don't need to be like anybody else. You be like yourself and you build the relationships. A networking group is the best place for an introvert because it makes, means that you don't actually have to really go out and meet people you don't know. You just have to make that initial connection and build on it. So, Ricky, yes, I've been in Portland now for about four years. To, uh, a year ago, I had my 50th birthday party. Okay. And I invited people to come. I had uh, my mom came from Texas. My dad came from Miami. Two brothers came from, from Texas. I had a total of 38 people there. So I had my family and 38 people there. 33 of those people, and I'm sorry, I had two clients there. 33 of the people were from uh, my BNI chapter. So what I'm saying to you is I'm still an introvert. I don't go out to just meet people, but within the context of BNI, it's a little bit different. It's like if you went to a family family reunion. Um, the other night, we on Friday night we had our chapter's eighth anniversary event, uh, so we celebrated eight years as as a chapter. And I invited, as I was president last year, I invited many other chapters to just have them share sharing the excitement with us, right? And I saw people that I didn't know, and later on I realized that I did something that I would never have done in the past. I just walked up to people and introduced myself. But you know what? It was like going to a family reunion. That person's my, in my family. They're in a BNI chapter, very likely. And I'm just going to introduce, hey, I'm probably your cousin, um, you know, twice removed. I ha we haven't met and I get to meet them. So that process has become easier. I'm still less comfortable going to an actual networking event, although I, I, I don't do that as often. I do it periodically. But I haven't always been the monster you see right now. I was really bad, man. I, the truth is, in this day and age, 
if I was as introverted now and the way we know think about things now, they would have taken me to get some help somewhere. I needed some help, man. I, it was bad. When I graduated, my brother's an extrovert, by the way. He's 11 months older than me. He's in a grade above me. When I graduated, I was standing there in my, my green graduation gown. And I had people walk up to come talk to my brother because they knew him from sports or something. They were in my class. And then they look over at me and they go, are you in our class? And I go, yes, John, I've been in your class for four years. I sit behind you in three of our classes. And they literally didn't know me. So when I tell you this, this is the truth. And this was a step-by-step process, just like anything you do that's worthwhile. It doesn't happen right away. Nobody gets on a bike and doesn't fall down. You're going to fall down. When you work out, muscles don't pop out automatically. Believe me, I've tried. It just doesn't happen. It's going to hurt for a little bit. But little by little, you get you get better. You just get better over time. I don't know when I was able to start expressing myself better and when I didn't wish for death rather than speaking in front of a room. I don't know when that happened, but it happened. And, I, and I'm glad. And networking is a, is a big, big part of it. BNI is also a really, really big part of it. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think a lot of people will find huge value of that uh, in that because it's important, right? I, we've had a couple introverts on our show, you know, but no one's dug as deep, I think, yet into this. But to kind of, I don't, you know, start moving towards an end on, on not an end, but like a, a the next step. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit weird today. But the point I met you before. This is not just a uh, isolated incident of oh, you being weird. Dang it! Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. Oh no, I did it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it would me. be it would be kind of nice to hear about what it is you're looking for in meeting other business owners like you're talking about with networking, right? How do you find yeah. your golden gooses? Your golden geese. Okay. Does that make sense? Because yes. you're talking about how you don't want to meet people in your networking groups that are your clients. And that makes sense because Specifically to BNI, for those who aren't in listening, you can only have one person per occupation per seat. Right. So you're going to join a chapter to get one client and then that's it. Right. If, if that was your mindset, that doesn't yeah, make that's sense. That's I, definitely <laughs> wrong. You're doing it wrong for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe help us understand how you're defining and developing and choosing who you spend your time with. You know, a lot of it honestly is the conversation I have with them. I, what I'm, the first thing I try to do is I try to provide some kind of value to the person I'm meeting. And, and I do spend a lot of time networking with people that are not even in my BNI chapter. I don't do a lot of networking outside BNI. I do a little bit. And generally when I do it, it's when someone from BNI referred me to someone outside of BNI. I eventually will do a little more, but frankly, there's such a reach with BNI that I, I, I do that. So in spending time with the person who want to ask them questions about their business, I ask them questions about why they got started. I actually have five questions that I generally ask during a one-to-one. We can get into that later. But I'm listening to who their connections are. I'm, well, I'm listening for, do they know someone that I need to know? And do they work with these clients? I, a lot of times, I'll just ask them, do you work with restaurants? A lot of businesses, a lot of business coaches, for example, uh, CPAs, trying to think what is the other one. There's several businesses who specifically won't work with restaurants because there's a lot going on in a restaurant and they're messy. So as far as my golden geese, I kind of ask upfront if they work with restaurants or if they're willing to try to work with restaurants, if they have experience. And if they don't, and they said, that's really not my, my area, 
and I ask him, who do you know that does work with restaurants? That doesn't mean I'll never meet with that person again, but you're right. We are looking for our golden geese. And after being in BNI two years, I have visited 32 chapters uh, within the last two years. 10 of them have been in person. The rest are online. And right now I have a, a group, I, would, I believe it's about 10 people that I meet with regularly and in different chapters, besides my own chapter. I meet with them in different chapters because either they're a good referral partner for me or they're just someone that I, I want to associate with and know as an, another business owner because there's value in that too. Uh, that's probably a whole nother podcast about the social value of being in a business network. And if, if you're not in one, whether it's BNI or something else, there's a social value that as entrepreneurs, especially as entrepreneurs, or if you're in sales, you're basically an entrepreneur, in my opinion, there's a social value that we don't even realize that we need. I didn't know I needed it until I found it. And I went, oh, I actually needed this because it can be really lonely as an entrepreneur, uh, especially if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of employees and you're kind of working on your own. So to answer your question is I just, I just ask. I just ask, you know, do you work with restaurants? Is that an ideal client for you? And if it's not, I ask them who they know that works with, with restaurants. So that's it. It's not easy for the, this particular industry. There's, it's it's a, a lot of searching, a lot of searching. The, the job of restaurant consultant, I figured I'd go online and, and just find them. I have exactly two restaurant consultants that I, I found that I, I have regular conversations with. And one's in Atlanta, one's in, in uh, Colorado. Uh, but I, I don't know if that is disappearing or what, but I'm a consultant of sorts, but only in, in three specific areas. So I look for restaurant consultants, but in BNI, I've never met one. Just never have. No kidding. That's wild. Well, uh, Ricky, does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. That's awesome. So now that you've found these, you know, you found somebody that says, yes, I work with restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. In whatever capacity, or I know someone, you know, Jim over here works with my buddy works with with restaurants or whatever it is, you know, how do you take them through that? Like, how, what is your kind of your plan to to get to these people? And, you know, because these, you're not meeting these people at BNI, you're meeting the people who meet the people, right? Like mm -hmm. you said earlier, right? Um, you know, how do you do that? I, I think that would be an interesting case for a lot of folks to understand, because that's the magic, right? Like getting yeah. to that, right? It, it's not going to meet me or Ricky at a BNI meeting, even though we're awesome people. I agree. You probably want to know who we know, you know, and yes. that's, that's, that's gotta be the goal. So how do you get to know those people? And, and then where do you, where do you take that down that river, you know, that you're going? Uh, I think I, I will, I'll use a, an example you might actually um, be familiar with. One, I ask for the connection. Sometimes they'll offer it or I'll definitely ask for it. And generally they'll connect us by email. Ricky, do you remember, do you know the series of events that um, that you and I met? Do you know? I don't even know if you know how you and I met. Like you, you we met, but I'll, let me explain. The first time? The, the first time no, we well, ever the met. The first time kind of doesn't count because I think we didn't meet. We saw each other, but we didn't meet. Oh, okay. Our, I know our eyes I know passed each other in a crowded room. Is this like and a star-crossed <laughs> lovers kind of a scenario? I didn't know this whole thing. Maybe we now I'm ready to listen. Ready to go get so, a room, I guess, right? <laughs> so your B&I chapter, I'll, I'll give a shout out, Northwest Connect at Nine, which is one of my favorite B&I chapters that I've ever visited. Um, the people in that, that group are solid, solid people. I really like it. Christine Lamb invited me, who's your current president. She invited me to your anniversary celebration. And I think you did your business networking event or visitor day in com combination with that, which is, which is genius, by the way, really smart. 
So that was, uh, some, it was downtown. So I went to that, had a great time and got to see some people I didn't, I didn't, uh, hadn't seen for a little while. And I met, uh, Chris Moore, who I, I know is good friends uh, with, with you, Ricky. And so Chris Moore and I talked, he's a veteran. I'm a veteran. We hit it off. And, um, he told me he doesn't really work with restaurants. It's not really one of the things he does. So I'm like, okay, no problem, but let's get together. Let's have a one-to-one. Let's learn about each other. And we'll go from there. And so we got together, we hit it off and just having a good connection with someone that's at, that you can bounce ideas off of. Again, some, some of it's social, but a lot of it is it's business, even if you don't say it. Uh, so we hit it off really well. A little while later, Chris introduced me to this guy, a uh, little nuts named Ricky Hader, right? He introduces me to Ricky Hader over, uh, over email and said, you should meet him because Ricky works with restaurants. Now, Chris doesn't work with restaurants. Ricky works with restaurants. I didn't know Ricky. I had seen you, but I didn't know it. So we had an in-person, uh, I remember at, at um, yeah, Joy. Joy we, had um, three, we had a three-hour lunch, man. I don't usually give people three-hour lunches, and I was neither, so stoked. I, I could have I, I hung out with you the rest <laughs> of the day, man. <laughs> what is the name of the place, man? Joy, uh, Joy Tech, not Joy Teriyaki, Joy, Joy Pokey. Joy Pokey, yeah. Joy Poke. So we, he walks in. And when he walks in, I realize I've seen this guy before. I don't think we've actually met. But again, I think our eyes met in the room on that day. Do you remember, Ricky? I do. Remember? I actually, eyes connected. No, when you, when there was you some said that. Stuff. Remember that? When, I do. You guys, do we need to get you guys a breakout room in your own? I, My gosh. I, I, remember, I remember when I do, though, when you said that, it all like, you know, how all of a sudden the pictures just click in your head. We uh-huh. did. We shook hands. Stephanie introduced me to you. She didn't okay. say what you did or I did. And it was really kind of in passing, but I, yeah. then, it, then yes. it all came together. Yes. It was just there. I said, I have met. And so we sat down and we talked and one, we realized, okay, we can be a benefit to each other, but two, I actually like the guy we have. We shared some, some similarities in our personal lives. And we just, I mean, we talked for a long time. Uh, a week later, I had a new client who is a tap house. And that was it, right away. It, Ricky specializes, especially in bar. He explained to me how bars need special insurance, which frankly, I didn't know that because that's never been part of what I do. So a week later, there's a referral for Ricky. And that all came through me going to a meeting, but it came through a guy, um, Chris Moore, who doesn't, he literally bar. doesn't work with restaurants. He's, that's just what he told me that. Which also, by the way, led to Ricky challenging me and saying, I don't, I generally don't eat dairy. And so I said, except for when I have pizza, I got to take a special pill because I can't eat the, the vegan cheese because that's nasty. And he goes, no, no, you haven't been to boxcar pizza. That's the best. You'll, you'll love it there. It was, I was like, a challenge accepted. And so uh, he invited me and Chris and, and Ricky and I, we sat at a boxcar pizza for, I don't know how many hours. And that was some damn good pizza. Oh, can I say damn? I'm sorry. I said, damn, yeah, should I not good. say it again? I won't not say right. damn anymore. Damn you it. Say whatever you want, man. Okay. Um, but that was really good pizza, but we got to know each other. And in doing that is part of what led to me being here, which I'm, I'm glad it did. I want to also share, and I'm, I'm looking at time, make sure we're okay. So regarding what I go from there, what I do from there is, I think one of the biggest keys to networking is follow-up. It's huge. And that's sales also is follow-up. The money is in the follow-up. So I want to talk real quick because I hope it's no, a benefit no, no. Don't, don't even make it quick. Hold on. Okay. Because this okay. is really where I was hoping that this was going to go today. And we got, we got a lot of time left. Okay. It's all good. good. But all right. I know that we've had guests talk about how they meet people in volume and they do all this work 
but the big challenge here is how do I keep up with it? How do I follow up with these people effectively and build some of these relationships? And I know you to be good mm -hmm. at it. Perhaps you and I have a relationship a little bit because of your follow-up, but because we made friends and we're pretty quick friends and have aligned business things, that's that all works too. But I know your follow-up to be A+, plus, and I really would love for you to share that. Okay, I will. I will do that. Before I talk about follow-up, I'm going to talk about some tools that I use for follow-up. One is an online scheduler. And I, I like Catalan.ly. It's very popular now, but there's a lot of online schedulers there. When using an online scheduler, something I did learn a few... I've been using one probably for, I don't know, eight or nine years. I've been using online schedulers before they were really popular because it made sense. It reduced the back and forth email, especially if you're doing business across time zones. It's You, you need it. It's worth it. Even if you don't schedule appointments with your with your customers... It's worth it to get one just for networking. Uh, even even there's a free version of it. You can, even that, even if you just get it for and use it for networking, it's it's very very helpful and it'll help you expand your reach and reduce the amount of time you spend trying to follow up. So an online scheduler is a big deal. I want to say that when you're using an online scheduler, uh, I learned this because I met two people in BNI that re, that were very open about the fact that they don't like online schedulers. They didn't like it. They, I don't know if they felt it was impersonal. I didn't know what it was. And so I, yeah, I know. Look, see your face. I'm a big technology guy. I'm like, why would you not like to use an online schedule? It just makes sense. It's better for both parties. It, you know, no more back and forth. You find a time that's good for you. If you see the spot, you take the spot because it's already good for me. It just makes sense. But of course, we all think whatever we think is makes, makes sense. So I actually did a little research on it and I found out that part of the problem is that. When someone has to choose a spot from your calendar, and sometimes people use the, the term, grab a spot on my calendar, the feeling is, well, oh, so you're so important that I've got to find a spot on your calendar, when the truth is that that's what it's going to be anyway. I've, you got to get a spot on my calendar, and I got to get a spot on your calendar. It's exactly the same, but it's almost like saying, have my secretary schedule something for us. And so the feeling is that you feel like you're better than me, and I don't want to use your link. And I was, I was shocked. I went... Oh, I don't want that to be the perception at all. So I changed my verbiage and I, I, anything you need, you find it, right? So I, I did some research and I changed my verbiage. Instead of saying, please click here to schedule uh, a meeting. My verbiage now says, please reply. If, you know, I'm looking for a one or please reply with your availability or for greater convenience, click here to schedule something on both of our calendars. And that includes them as if we were having a conversation rather than saying, click here to schedule something or grab something off my calendar. Doing that, 99.9% .9 of the people click and schedule something. It's very, very rare for someone to actually respond and say, what about this time? Just changing that one little bit of verbiage. So I wanted to put that out there because if you're going to use one, use it in a way that people feel comfortable clicking on that link. So... The first bit of technology that I use is templates. That's the first thing. And the template could be something built into your CRM. It could be if you're using Google Workspace, that was called Google Suites, or if you're using Outlook, mm -hmm. it's just an email template. So for example, you go to a, let's take a situation of going, because I know it's not just BNI folks here. Let's say you go to a networking uh, event. I went to an event in, it was a BNI event, the US National Conference in Miami in May. You go to an event and you meet people. First of all, you need, you need a system before you go in there. 
Before you go in there, you don't just go in and start handing out your business cards. You're going to chase people away. You go in and you get to know people and you ask them questions. And can I say the five questions that I ask? Please do. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say the five questions. Actually, I, all right. There's five questions you can ask when you meet someone at a networking event. The first is when they, you ask them what they do, of course, that should be automatic. You know, what is it that you do? Your answer is that's interesting. What do you like best about what you do? That's the first question. What do you like best about what you do? They get the person to talk. Then you ask, what got you started in that area? Third question is, where else do you usually network? This is specifically for a networking event. Where else do you usually network? You might have some common, common areas that you network. Fourth question is, what are your biggest challenges? Now, if I'm asking you this, Fletch, and you were talking, all you're thinking about is you're, you're sharing this information with me, and you're like, this guy really wants to know about me, and, I, and you appreciate that. And then finally, I ask, how can I help you? How many people ask you, how can I help you? And now you're thinking, okay, how can I help you? And at some point, you realize that you want to reciprocate, and you start to ask me questions. In general, I try to ask the person what they do first. It gives me a little bit of a leg up, and I let them talk. And then they'll ask me questions. So those are questions you ask during networking. I love While that. I'm, what you say? So I said, I love that. It's so powerful. And I want to just interject one thing because sure. I think a lot of people ask the first question. And I think a lot of people ask the last question because they, they absorb that in like a networking event. They'll hear it. Like, how can I help you? You know, because you want to be helpful. Right. But all that stuff in the middle, we always talk about in sales, building rapport, you know, and, and, and some of those other terminologies that really guides you down a path with the, I mean, I'm just following as you're saying, and I'm like, oh, oh, mm -hmm. oh, you know, and it, it gets you to the point where you have the permission to ask, yes, how can I help it. you? Right. Cause if you just say, what do you do? How can I help you? Right. It seems like you're like, oh, this guy's got a secondary, you know, ulterior, ulterior motive, you know, going on. But if you're actually asking real questions, you're mm -hmm. really wanting to learn the answers. You're showing intent. Like that's a, that's a great word track. Like, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's probe. It's, it's probing. You're asking probing question. Yeah. Networking is a form of sales. It really, if you look at it that way, there are steps in it and it helps you, but it also helps the other person because the truth is most people don't really know how to network because they've not actually studied networking. And I don't want to sound like, oh, I'm this big networking guru. I'm not. The truth is most of what I know, everything I know comes from a book or from a podcast and we can talk about the BNI podcast later as uh, I'll tell you my, my thoughts on it, which are, which are good before we say anything. But while you're asking these questions, you got to be able to either in your head, if you can, or write down. I mean, and it's okay to say, oh, that's really good. Let me write this down. Part of the reason you ask these questions, and by the way, three of them can be asked during a one-to-one too. -to -one I, I have, these are similar to the questions asking one-to-ones, is you're looking for that person's passion. In passion is very referable. If you ask these questions, you'll hear the person's passion. Passion when you say what got you in there, you know what do you like about it. Their passion will come out, and that's when you could you'll remember that passion when you go to refer them to somebody else. It's very it's it's important. But you got to take some kind of notes, even if it's just on two pieces. If you're not good at remembering, then write as soon as you're done, either write it down or while you're with them, saying, "Hey, you mind if I write that down because it made me think of something," and just write it down. They're going to appreciate the fact that you did that. So after that, first of all, if the person turns out to be either a jerk, I know there, there's not too many. There's like four jerks. They just keep cycling around the country, right? There's not too many. Or the person's a blowhard or whatever it is, and you don't want to talk with the person anymore, you can kind of toss most of this out the window. It's okay. It's okay. 
And you don't need to ask the person for your card, their card, and you don't need to offer your card. I don't, I don't offer my card at all. I ask them for their card. And if they give me their card, it's because I want to communicate with them. I don't ask for them for their card if I don't think it makes sense for me to communicate them for with them whatever reason. When you're in a networking event, it's not about volume. If you get to meet one person that's a good connection, that's good. It's not about your volume. You have to be a little bit smart about it. If they offer you their card, which a lot of people will do almost right away, it's a very introverted thing to do. Here you go. It's like, here, here's my security blanket. Just take the edge of it. And because I don't, I don't know what else to do. It's not their fault. Take the card. After you're talking with them, then you decide, what am I going to do with this card? For me, I have a system. If I go, I want to communicate with this person. I want to see where this goes. I take the card and I put it in my right pocket. If I go, it doesn't make sense for me to follow up with this person because we're all limited on time, right? All of us. Then I put the card in my left pocket and I put it in the left pocket because it ain't right. So, so I put it and that's how I do. I put, I keep the right and left. And when I get home, I now know who I need to follow up with. So I have those cards. Um, I take the notes of what, after, when I'm done, I then write my notes. Usually I can remember two things we talked about and I just put it in my notes. Then I go and I follow up with an email and I generally do it that very same night. So it doesn't, because I don't want to put a stack. I used to have a stack of email, of business cards like that big, just saying, okay, I'm going to follow up. It's crazy. So then I send a, I have a template and the template basically says, hi, hi, Fletch. I really enjoyed meeting you at the U.S. National Conference. I liked our conversation about you starting a podcast with your friend, Ricky. And I think that you're going to be a benefit to many networkers out there. So the two pieces that are different in this email than any other email are, I enjoyed talking about your podcasts with your friend, Ricky. And then the part that says, I think you're going to be a benefit to many people out there. Those two are variables. That's if you ever use mail merge, it's like that. Those are variables. Everything else in the email is going to be the same. And the rest of the email is basically going to say, I'd like to learn more about your business so we can see if we might be good referral partners. And then I have a line that says, I realize that you probably, if this is for networking events, I realize you may have met a lot of people at the so-and-so event. So as a reminder, here's a quick 30-second video of who I am, what I do, and why I do it. And I have a link to a video. And then I'll have a link to schedule a one-to-one. When they click the video, they actually, it's a 30-second who I am, what I do, and why I do it. And then there's a link there for them to schedule a one-to-one as well. So that's a follow-up method that I use. And I really, I've been using something similar. But when I went to the national conference in Miami, I met a lot of people that I really wanted to follow up with. And I, ended up, I had 35 cards in my right pocket by, by the end of the three days. And I went, whoa, that's a lot of people. And this was a, a far trip from Portland. There's no freaking direct flight from Portland to Miami. I'll tell you, <laughs> it was a long like trip. Really anywhere in Florida. No, Florida. basically anywhere is what I'm finding too. But I, I, so I said, okay, well, I need to refine my follow-up system. And that's why I developed this program. And my one-to-one calendar, number of people that actually scheduled, my calendar, I allow myself to have three one-to-ones a week. By the way, if you're using a scheduler, you can also put parameters. You can say, I only want to have a one-to-one or a one-on-one on Wednesday, on Thursday, and Friday. Those are the only days. You can do that. And with some of them, I mean, with Calendly, you can do this. You can say, I only want one one-to-one a day. So that, because if I have more than one, I get out of work mode. If I have two one-to-ones, I'm kind of like in hangout mode. And, I, and that's not good for me. So I have one one-to-one a day. I have three days a week that I'll, I'll have a one-to-one open, available. My one-to-one calendar filled up from the beginning of May to the end of August from sending those emails out. 
I still haven't caught up. So did it work? Maybe a little too well, but I built many relationships out of there that have helped me in my business. What Ricky's talking about, where you had that experience is now after the one-to-one, that's another thing. You have your one-to-one, you make sure you got asked the right questions. Don't just go and try to hang out and get to know the person. Go with specific questions. Make sure you get those answered. If it goes well, this is something that I learned from Mike Corbin. Do either one of you know know Mike Corbin? Mm-hmm. Mike Corbin was the, I, I think the role was ambassador. During that time, it was up to last year sometime he retired. He's, uh, he lives in, um, in Salem. And he, I, I forget the name of the BNI chapter, but he's basically what you would call a chapter success coach now. Um, so that, that role is what he was doing. And he was the chapter success coach basically for our chapter. He taught something in one of his trainings that I took, and it's really been helpful. He said, when you have a one-to-one and it's a, you feel like it's a valuable one-to-one, that you should not leave that one-to-one until you schedule a follow-up one-to-one with the person. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll go a step further and say, especially if they're not in your existing chapter or area. If I see you every week and we're in a, a networking group like B&I and we're in the same chapter, well, then you know, I'm gonna, we'll see each other. And then I'm going to remember, uh, you know, we haven't gotten together for a while. But if we're not, then we do a fo- we schedule a follow-up. So Ricky, for example, you and I, we meet about every three months. And that's what I, I have about 10 people around the country that and when we're done, we schedule it before we're even finished. But a traditional one-to-one when it's the first time, you also got to send a follow-up email. Follow-up email needs, needs to say, hey, you know, I, I enjoyed speaking with you. Throw in two things you learned about the person. Take notes during your one-to-one and say, I enjoyed learning about this and this. I understand you're looking for this type of client. So they know you were listening. And just said, I know we talked about a lot of things as a reminder, here's what I'm looking for in a client and maybe a quick cap of, of what you do. And if you want to meet with them again, but you're not 100% sure, you can put your scheduling link. If you, if you really, really want to meet with them again, you should have already scheduled it during the meeting. And so those are some things I use as a template. So I have a, an introduction template and a follow-up template. It saves time. It makes sense. And, and I feel like it's very, very effective. By the way, note-taking is huge. You don't need an app. I know I'm using one now, but you want to know the easiest way to take notes in a one-to-one? You're either using Apple or you're using Google, probably. Maybe you're using Outlook. All of them have a place to put notes in the contact section. On Google, there's a place for notes. On Apple, there's a place for notes. When I have a one-to-one, I put my notes, whether it's in person or online, I put all the notes, the date I met with the person, things we talked about, right in that section. The next time we have a one-to-one or if I see the person in person, I will go and I'll look at my notes. That happened to me the other day. I went, ah, I don't remember her husband's name. I know the person I saw him and I went, I know he's the husband of one of our members. And I went, I can't remember his name. So I looked her up her name. I know who she is. And I looked at notes and in the notes, it has her husband's name. And so I was able to introduce, say, hey, so-and-so, it's nice to see you. I didn't remember. I'm human for the most part. Right. So I just said, hi, but you put them in there. It's very easy to access and they stay there forever. So that's another a piece of technology that I use, which is built into every phone and uh, laptop and whatever else you have. That's powerful. And I like how simple, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not simple. You put a lot of time and energy, but you've portrayed it as being relatively simple as just having a template within your Google works work suite, right? Like workplace, yeah. whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. It's it's you're not, you don't have this elaborate special hundreds of dollars a month. I mean, you may right have a CRM that does all these things too, but um, in general, you've made it simple enough for, for anybody. Um, yeah, and I, I hope whoever listens to this, yeah, you can have and I, we all know copy and paste. they're not going to, but please 
please do this. This is awesome. This is great stuff. Thank you. I mean, I already knew coming into today that we could probably keep going on and on and do this all day. And I, um, I have a feeling we're going to have some follow-up episodes with Mr. Sandro here, do some more tactics as this grows, but we kind of got to be a little bit um, respectful of you and the audience's time. And um, as much as I would love to keep going on here. So how would you like listeners to connect with you? And okay, I would love to if, if people here want to connect with you, maybe there's a restaurant owner, maybe there's someone who knows one, maybe they just want to learn more about networking and network with you. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm open to all of the above. So the easiest way now, of course, I have my company website, but my digital business card has everything on there. It has scheduling links, whether you're in BNI or not, you'll find scheduling links in there. And it's really easy. It's Sandro. Yeah, it's here it is right there. You see the QR? You Most can people are listening. Though, I don't think we're going to have a lot of, of watcher viewers. So, okay. So <laughs> if you're not watching, never mind the QR code. If you're listening, my they go to Sandro, S A N D R O, just like Sandro, but we know at the end, Sandro M C, as in Mike Charlie, Sandro MC.com. That'll pull up my digital business card. If you're on your phone, you can save my details automatically to your phone. There's a scheduling link in there. My email's in there. My uh, office number. I actually have an office phone. Yes, it's crazy, but I do. My cell phone is there. My um, DNA code, blood type, um, something like that. There's a bunch of stuff in there. Everything you need to contact me is there. SandroMC.com. M as in Mike, C as in Charlie. I also would like to do a real quick plug. Uh, as um, Ricky knows, I was education coordinator uh, somewhere a little bit into my first year in BNI, and I felt it was important to create audio and visual education moments because it's easier to remember. Plus, as because there are videos, members and as well as other chapters can refer back to them. So I created a channel, a YouTube channel, uh, and this year I'm also education coordinator, so I'll be adding to it. Right now, there's 19 videos on it. If you want to take a look at that channel, just go to bnieducationmoments.com, bnieducationmoments.com, and you'll be able to see there's 19 videos there that cover everything from maximizing use of BNI Connect to the seven pieces that every uh, that your member presentation should have, up to how to create a really good, engaging, and effective featured presentation. And that's a subject I'd love to talk about if you invite me back. So bnieducationmoments.com. I love it. Appreciate that. And I I think it goes without saying we'd love to have you come back and, and dig deeper into some of these topics. Uh, as you've you've put a lot of information out there in this one. We need a little bit of time to digest and implement. Understood. And uh then we'll go from there. But Sounds uh good. hey man, we thank you for your time joining us today. But before we go, we gotta know, okay, if someone is pet happens to be able to get on your calendar you know six months out or whatever <laughs> takes you out to coffee uh-huh, uh-huh. what's your coffee order oh hmm good this gracious. is the one now, that stumps you no way <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is because i i you know what my coffee order is i asked them hey what's the special you have today and they go this that or this or that i said which one am i gonna like better they said this one i said do i want it with oat milk or do i want it with coconut milk I don't know. I said, well, you should know. What do I want it with? They said, oat milk. I'll take that. And that's how I do my coffee order. That's okay. the truth. So I try something different. There you go. Uh, yeah. I love it. You're networking even when you're when you're ordering your coffee. 
Guy can't even help himself. I love it. <laughs> the, the introvert you has become an me, extrovert. It might be the only time you go out to eat, um, but I'm always nice about it. I'm always nice about it. And awesome. Fletch, we we should get together for a one-to-one, make that happen. For sure. And we're we're on air, so we won't uh, schedule that right now. But okay. when we get off, maybe we will. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as busy as he is, you could probably take my slot in December if you need it. That bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I joke. I'm excited that I get to hang out with you next Friday, and I feel like we got two Fridays in a row coming up, Sandro. So yeah, yeah. Um, the social events coming. Fletch, will you be there? At the social event next Friday. I'm working on it. I've got a lot of things going on right now. We probably need to talk about too. So. Okay. Yeah. So thank you for all of your time and knowledge, Sandro. I, it is always an honor to talk with you about networking. You have influenced me and pushed me and inspired me so much that I knew we just had to bring you on and share some of that with the audience. And we will definitely do it again. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm, I'm really honored to be one of your, your first guests um, on this. And I think you guys are going to really help a lot of people. So thank you for letting me be here. Yes, for sure, man. Thank you. And Thanks for joining us today on Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. If you found any value, which I can't imagine you didn't, please like, subscribe, share with a friend, you know, send it via carrier pigeon, something. Uh, Give us some love. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well-connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights.